Forgiveness, it's tricky business. It's a vital practice and it takes practice and includes both words and actions. Today's episode is going to circle back to an episode we released over a year and a half ago at the beginning of the pandemic called Forgiveness. One of the things I've learned about forgiveness recently is that it is an ultimate act of agency. As parents these days, we talk a lot about raising adults, thanks to Julie Lithcott-Hames and her excellent book, How to Raise an Adult. One of the things that we hope when our children grow up is that they have agency and know how to make their own decisions. And when you think about forgiveness, it's the ultimate act of agency because it's 100% on the person that's forgiving to choose to forgive. So it's not an easy task. We talk in this podcast about it being an action and an event and words and a process. And that's what it is. And it's an ultimate act of agency on both people's part. It is a beautiful opportunity to make a choice and walk in it. So enjoy this episode where the words are still true. Welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts, doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hello, Ingrid. Hey, mom. How are you? I am doing well. We're still in each other's midst, which is lovely. It's true. By the time this comes out, it will have been at least a week. It's nice to see you in person still. Today, we thought we'd talk about forgiveness. Because some of the podcasts we've talked about recently, the concept of circling back and recovering well has come up. And that all has to do with forgiveness. That's true. And it just occurred to me, just like so many things on this podcast, things that I know to be regular in my life or among a family Mm. isn't true for every family. And you and dad, I think, did a pretty good job of including forgiveness in your parenting style. And I'd just like to kind of explore that a little bit. I don't think it's true for every family that the mom looks at her child growing up and says, I did something wrong. I'm sorry. Mm, That's true. I think you're right. We watched a parenting how to parent (laughs) video series, teaching series when we first had you that Grandma Joe introduced mm. us to called Shepherding a Child's Heart with Ted Tripp. And he, one of the points that he made in the video that we went on to teach several times was as parents, we need to be good at asking forgiveness of our children. And that was a new concept to me because I didn't grow up where my parents generally asked forgiveness of me. If they did, they were genuine, but they didn't generally Mm -hmm. ask forgiveness. And then we also made a distinction between saying, I'm sorry, and asking forgiveness. Right. Probably in lots of places in life, it is unusual for the authority figure to ask forgiveness for the person that is under them. Because on the outside, it it looks like giving up of power, kind of. Yeah. Which I guess in like one sense it is because you really are asking for something from your subordinate. Mm -hmm. 
but it also shows that you are a person that is like secure enough in yourself and in your station Mm -hmm. to not have to hold quite so tightly to like being right all the time. Yeah. Like the Greek gods. (laughs) True. We could, cause parenting is a very, you can get power drunk parenting Mm -hmm. and control can be such a a huge thing. And it's powerful. I realized that also when I was a teacher's aide and I noticed how much the teachers were kings of their little fiefdoms. Oh, interesting. (laughs) And I thought, no wonder people like teaching. This is such a powerful job. You can like go away at the end of the day feeling so powerful. Hmm. And of course, there's all that goes into it. And if you're not a good teacher, you know, that's not going to go well. But there is a sense of control and authority you have as a teacher, which is kind of unique. But you also have it as a parent. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are not taking care of yourself and taking care of your own mental and emotional health, then you can wield that power in really cruel ways so easily. Like my mantra, which I have said before, anyone can be a parent. Not everyone can be an intentional parent. It takes a lot to be an intentional yeah. parent. Yeah. I'm astonished by how many of our conversations lately have come back to, if you are healthy as your own person, you'll be a better parent. And yeah. and vice versa. You know, if you're healthy as your own person, you'll, especially as I come into adulthood, you'll be, I'll be a better partner, better friend, yeah. a better, better daughter, all yeah. those things. Yeah. You have to take care because you, and ultimately you can only control yourself. Yeah. So you have to understand who you are and what you're about, what you stand for and stand for it. Then consider other people's interests and mm-hmm. do that with gentleness and graciousness and kindness. We tried to model if I did something, especially if I did something out of anger, which as a younger parent, I got provoked a lot more. I didn't understand as much more as 24 seven. I got frustrated and tired. Yeah. And so there's a lot more outlashes that happen saying I did this owning my behavior. Mm-hmm. Will you please forgive me? Because that is a humble statement. And, and I th- liked the distinction between saying I'm sorry, which kind of intimates regret, but doesn't intimate repentance and saying, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to do that again. Yeah. I really appreciated that difference growing up. And I, I think I probably beat my friends over the head with it a little bit, which is uh, one of my own burdens to bear there. Yeah. As a concept, I, I do think it's really important. It's one thing to kind of like throw out a sorry. Right. And it's another to like stand there and kind of open-handed ask for someone else's forgiveness. You know, you have to, I think I mentioned that in the siblings podcast. Mm-hmm. You have to wait. You have to wait for them to answer you. Because it's out of your control. Mm-hmm. Will you please forgive me? Because they could say no. Right. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we're, well, now we're here then, then you're for a while. At, you're, you're at a standstill. And that has happened before in our life. Mm-hmm. Me with my children and me with my spouse and not feeling in the moment, like saying anything. And then recognizing that feelings are the caboose and and they come later and they come last. That is a huge concept, which honestly, I still kind of prickle at because it's really hard to put into practice. They're the ones in your face, especially the negative ones. Feelings are in your face. So it's hard to say that they're the, they're the caboose, but they do change the slowest. So that's why they're the caboose. That's why they're the caboose. Yeah. So the concept of your feelings being the caboose, flesh out that metaphor a little bit, obviously that's a train. Yeah. yeah. And, and the idea that it's easiest to, I guess, talk about in an argument, but it does work for joyful emotions too. Mm-hmm. If you're in an argument with someone, you've, you've come to have this like kind of forgiveness conversation. Will you forgive me? Will mm-hmm. you forgive me? 
it's it's tempting to wait till you feel better to say I forgive you. Yeah. Because then it feels genuine and true. Yes. But it's it's possible, very possible, to say I forgive you while you're still mad. Yeah, and that means you have to recognize that forgiveness is not an emotion, just like love is not an emotion. Right. Infatuation, <clears throat> um, maybe you could call an emotion, but forgiveness is not an emotion. And it's a choice, just like love is a choice. Right. It's such a different, it's it's like kind of countercultural to think about it that way. Yeah. It's not portrayed that way in the media, in the television and film industry. A lot of books don't portray it that way because they're getting across different points. Yeah. Right. And, and even then, like, love is a choice is an easier concept that people do talk about sometimes mm-hmm. um, than like forgiveness is a choice, mm-hmm. but it, cause it does. I mean, in, in times when I've been really angry and like said, I forgive you, it feels like remarkably intellectual. <laughs> like yeah. It's just my brain saying it, you know, but it's, it's obvious within your own person when you are saying it begrudgingly. And when you are really choosing that from here on out, I do forgive you for that. So, and it's amazing the way it, it does start to like start that train toward feeling better. Yeah. Which you don't expect. Yeah. Yeah. When you say it out loud. Right. So what does forgiveness involve? We don't have a dictionary definition or anything, but what would you say it involves? I think of forgiveness as kind of like like the releasing of responsibility on another person. Hmm. Or releasing of a grudge. I I feel feel like there's there's a release component to it. Because what it means is... I am no longer holding whatever this is against you. Yeah, definitely. So there's a release. There are still consequences. But if you are, I would say there's natural consequences. If you're levying the consequences, then you haven't forgiven them. So it's all on the person. It's on the forgiver's shoulders Mm -hmm. to change their behavior. Because you might say, I forgive you, and they might not change their behavior. Right. Or will you forgive me? And they might not change their behavior. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, forgiveness is on the part of the person that says it. Yeah, forgiveness is not the same as trust. But it does imply a behavior change on the part of the person that says it. On the part of the person that says it. But that's the thing is, like, if you deeply broken my trust and then we like, come to, we, like, talk about it, mm-hmm. I can say, you know what, I like, I can say I forgive you and also there's a new boundary we have to put in place. Mm. You know, I, I need to put a boundary in place to protect myself. Yeah. And that's, that's not the same as like not really forgiving you. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm no longer going to choose to be angry about this thing with you. Mm-hmm. Just, it does, but it does like change our relationship. And I think the other maybe misconception is that forgiveness happens once, but if mm. your emotions are the caboose, you could be angry for a long time and you kind of have to like, Every time there's a new flare up of anger, kind of to choose to re-forgive them in your heart. That's an interesting thought. I had someone tell me once about forgiving another person that you decide and you kind of make a note in your head and in your heart of the date mm-hmm. and the time that you forgave them for mm-hmm. that situation or you just blanket forgave that person in general, mm-hmm. which maybe blanket forgiving isn't really realistic. Maybe it needs to be more specific because maybe we're we not able to blanket forgive someone for all of their mistakes all of time or what all of their offenses. It did help me to think when I would have flare ups of anger towards someone 
oh, I for chose to forgive them because this is that same thing flaring up. This is their behavior. This is the way they are in the world. And I don't need to walk around with a grudge and an anger about it. So I chose to forgive them. So it's not like, it's, a, it's just slightly different than saying I re-forgive them, <laughs> but it's just saying, yeah. wait a second, I'm remembering now that I chose to forgive them and I'm walking in this. So this is how I'm changing my behavior because I'm walking in that forgiveness that I have chosen to extend. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that whole thing about like, if you're still mad at a person, it's only hurting you. They're not being affected by your emotions unless you've done something about it. And then that's a, a deeper issue. (laughs) I mentioned the difference in the way that like you have changed your parenting style or just changed your life since I was little, Mm -hmm. because I know from, from like conversations with lots of people and from my own life that it can be easy to feel offended as the firstborn by your parents for changing their parenting styles or their philosophies in life as you get older. Oh yeah. Which is like the, the, of course you can't forgive someone until you, you've needed it, which means there's some offense that has been taken or, or mm-hmm. given, you know, mm-hmm. you've had to forgive more <laughs> possibly. Yeah. There are ta- like there are, there are types of arguments like between you and I that aren't quite so straightforward anymore as mm-hmm. we're having it like a yelling argument. And then we're coming back later and saying like, please forgive me for this. Mm-hmm. There's some bigger picture things mm-hmm. that it could be easy for me to get bitter about. Mm-hmm. I have to perspective that is gracious and takes a bigger picture than just myself. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy to look at the way that you parent Audrey and say, you know, how how come she gets to have like so much phone time right away or how come she like doesn't have a curfew or I don't know, whatever Has those social things media are. before she's out of high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean you let her watch R-rated movies and it's okay? <laughs> Which obviously all those things are like per situation, but there's mm-hmm. been many a time when I'm like, there's, there's no way that I, you would have let me watch that at 17. And then you're like, nah, whatever. Like we'll watch it together. Sorry for you. They're <laughs> yeah. looking at me on saying sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, I forgive you. Uh, or for, please forgive me. But those That's are things that, like, those aren't actual offenses against me, but I've heard many a firstborn be like, are you kidding? Like, excuse me. I can hear myself just saying sorry, but not please forgive me because I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I would change my behavior. That's an interesting thought. Like, would I change my behavior? Do I only want to ask forgiveness if I would actually change my behavior? Because I'm not sure that I would because it is situation by situation and... As much as I'd like to say I parent my children the same, you're not the same person, so I can't parent you the same. And I think that's uh, because it's not so straightforward anymore of like, you hurt me. It's it's either me just choosing in my heart to, and maybe that is kind of more of a blanket forgiveness, like choosing Mm -hmm. in my heart to say, you know what, it's like to to, to, to see your point of view. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we don't call that forgiveness because technically there's no, there is no offense. It just, it just needs a conversation. Yeah. It, it needs just needs an extension of grace. You know what this whole conversation is reminding me of is the mom in Moonstruck played oh. by, I want to say, Augusta something. I can't remember I her idea. name. She's a fabulous actress. Her husband is a philanderer. Mm-hmm. And then she goes out to dinner by herself and she meets a guy in the restaurant who is a philanderer and they ended up having the rest of dinner together and then walking home. And she, her, her main point is, I know who I am and you guys are afraid to die. <laughs> That's her, her main okay. point. You're afraid to die, but I know who I am and we are family. 
and I'm not going to give up on, on this person that I married mm -hmm. because I know who I am and we're a family. And that, that goes a long way to, we talked about that too, just about at the beginning about knowing who you are and working on yourself. And she knew so much who she was that she could let other things go in other people and not take offense at them. And she kind of had a blanket reason. You're afraid to die. <laughs> yeah. Some of it was for the movie. I mean, if you're, there's well, cheating in your marriage, like you should probably like really go to counseling and work <laughs> through that. that. Like both people need to work on that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The concept of, of being secure in yourself enough to like mm -hmm. not just uh, to, ha to keep the agency. Yeah you know, kind of claim your own life. I know who I am. I can choose to still love you and you need to work on your self too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this just because I'm older or is this a like kind of newish concept for you? Well, the phrasing let's circle back is new to me, but it's the same as I made a mistake. Please forgive me, which is yeah. the phrase we had when you were young. But circling back implies more, let's have a conversation about this because I had my reasoning for what I did. Yeah. Circling back is not the same as asking forgiveness. Circling back says, I'm oh, not ready to ask forgiveness yet. We need to have another conversation. Yeah. Which I think I would say is something that I will do more now. That's true. I recognize I used to be harder on myself. I had someone once give me a psychiatrist once gave me an article that said called a uh, called a pathological self-critic. Oh, so I was really hard on myself. And part of forgiveness is, can you forgive yourself? Yeah, and totally. so it takes a lot of gumption for me to stand up and say, I had reasoning by why I said that or did that. Mm -hmm. And I can recognize that maybe it was faulty, but well, I just would like you to stop and pause and listen to my reasoning mm -hmm. because in the moment, this was my reasoning and I would like to be heard in that just like everybody would like to be heard when they do something. And I like that. I like being able to pause and say, I had a motivation and a reason for why I made that decision. And I can admit that maybe it was faulty, but I just want my reason acknowledged in the first place. That helps. Totally. Having a conversation like that can help you both feel, help the two people feel a little bit more mm -hmm. comfortable and like trustworthy of each other. Again, I've heard you and dad have arguments like that a lot lately that end with like, yes. can we, I just want you to hear my side and, and I just want you to hear my side. It's been I'd huge. Sort of I would stand... say I've, I've done that in the past year. Yeah. I, I, I do stand by my opinion that that's not the same as asking for forgiveness. No. And it's like, important you still have to get to the end of that conversation and have the humility to say, I'm going to stop defending my point of view and just ask for your forgiveness. So sometimes I would say in the past year, the pendulum has swung back where I'm finding my voice. I'm recognizing that I don't have to be so critical mm -hmm. of myself particularly. And I can stand up and, and say, I would like to have my voice heard. And I would like you to reflect what you hear my voices. So actually saying, could you reflect back to me why you think I made that decision? That's but that's not the same me. as you saying, right. I understand that I've hurt you. No. So, so I will say there has been times in the past year when I have swung back and say, said, please tell me why you think I made that decision. Mm -hmm. So I feel heard, uh, which is a feeling that's interesting. <laughs> and, uh, but then I haven't felt like saying, please forgive me. 
So, yeah, like definitely the pendulum has swung and it's been harder on occasion for me to say, please forgive me. So I'm, you know, trying to swing back into the middle balance of pendulum because it's important for me to have a voice and to not shame myself and heap blame on myself and say I'm always wrong because that is not healthy either. And I've lived a lot of my life doing a lot of shame heaping on myself and blame heaping and um, using hyperbole language towards myself. I'm always your never kind of language. Yeah, that's an important thing. To any time that what I, I would say, like whatever your tendencies are toward another person in argument, that's your tendencies toward yourself. So that hyperbole mm-hmm. and that blame, which has been good, that's been really amazing for me to think of. And to there's been times, even in the past few days, when you have called me on making a judgment statement about someone, saying mm-hmm. you don't know anything about her past <laughs> and history, even even a book we looked at. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> I don't. I am making a judgment. People do all the time, but I'll be aware of when I do. I just want to be clear that when you ask forgiveness for someone else, it doesn't have to come with blame on yourself. You know, like those things shouldn't be, which I don't think that's what you're saying for, for third party listeners. I do want that to be like clear Mm -hmm. because I, I, it shouldn't be the case that you should, it's either, or that you should either be, have a conversation, please reflect because I need my voice heard, or I will ask for forgiveness. Like both should be possible in the same conversation because the point is that forgiveness is that is the release of of blame. It's the release of blame. It's not the it's not the changing directions of the blame. Oh, I think I differ from you there. I think that forgive if I ask forgiveness, then I'm taking ownership of blame. I don't you're have taping, to walk in shame o- in it. Ownership of okay. I don't have to. I don't. So so blame is I did this wrong thing. Shame is I am wrong pervasively across all time. Okay, yeah, you're right. So if I say I spoke wrong, please forgive me. I'm taking ownership of my behavior and placing the blame on myself. It's not a no contest (laughs) situation. Well, okay, yeah, but you should be able to take responsibility for yourself without that like discounting the fact that you still had good intentions you know what i mean yeah so so that's the distinction between blame and shame i would say so you can blame me for making a poor choice but i you can still say your intentions are good and true because that's who you are yeah so that's a shame question and yeah. Renee Brown is pretty strong about making that distinction. You're right. Yeah. No, yeah. no. There blame. is a big distinction between shame and, and blame. Not that she's like the all of the only one. <laughs> she's the she's just the same as one. Uh, but she talks, she spends a lot of time talking about the difference between shame and blame. And so we've read some of her books and that's, that's what stands out to me is you take ownership of your behavior and, and that's blame and you can change from, you can change your behavior when you're blamed with something, you can change your behavior. But when you take shame of it, it's just like, that's all of me. Like, like Hiccup says, you just gestured to all of me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think what's important about shame is that shame is mostly encouraged in your own head. Yes. Which mostly. I guess goes back to being confident enough in yourself and like secure enough in yourself to like have forgiveness conversations and then to move on with your life. This concept just kind of makes me uncomfortable thinking about arguments that we had over Christmas when we were all together, which is the first time we'd all been all together in a while. Mm. And you, we had a couple my family arguments and you and dad had a couple arguments with mm-hmm. Audrey and I sitting in another room, which is part of family. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. But I listened to a lot of you defending yourself and asking, like, please, please hear me out. Don't you see that I had a point? 
Mm-hmm. Like, tell me what you know now that I meant. And I felt really frustrated that you didn't just ask for forgiveness. Like, chill. <laughs> like, we know you meant well. You'd, obviously, you're not doing anything out of malice. But let it, let it go and ask for forgiveness. Move on. Is <laughs> mm. how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that you and Dad have your own road to work through who who feels heard. And, and I have never, as my, your child, never known you to be someone who had trouble feeling like your voice was heard because you were my mom. I always heard your voice. <laughs> well, that is a difference of perspective. For for so much of my life, I didn't feel heard or misunderstood. And I need, and I'm asking for now, the validation, especially from my spouse, that you hear me and you understand my point of view. And it's kind of probably him asking him to hold a mirror up to me as my partner saying, I need your validation. You may already think this. You may already think that I just need to ask forgiveness and move on. But I need to hear you say that you believe my intentions are good in this and that you understand my intentions. I think the whole concept of over communicating is important between spouses and partners because Mm -hmm. you can start to make so many assumptions when you live so closely with someone. You spend so much time and so many years with someone. That it never hurts to make over communication. So it is definitely the opposite pendulum swing where now I'm, I'm sometimes I just say, tell me what you heard, you know, what my intentions were rather than just letting it go and saying, please forgive me. But the story I tell myself inside my head, if I just say, please forgive me is such a loud clanging gong of shame that I am wrong. I am always wrong. So it's important for me. It doesn't have to do with dad's response to you at all. It's just in your own head. No, but the way that he can support me and help me is by holding up a mirror and saying, I recognize that these are your intentions. I'm going to remind you that these are your intentions. And I believe that these are your intentions. And yes, it was still a mistake. <laughs> so I so. guess in the, in like the, the, the perfect world of of that would be able to say both in in the same conversation yeah hey definitely i and i feel like the right order would be let me pause for a minute because i recognize that i've hurt you can i ask forgiveness right now for that will you forgive me Mm -hmm. for blaming you for whatever for throwing words what i don't know whatever the conversation was and for like hurting you in that way i recognize that that's what happened can I ask you for validation on my side? Because I need from you just an outward vocalization of your confidence in me. I feel like that's the right order. That's the right order. Because if you say, say, tell me you're confident in me, and then you forgive, like, that's like, you can't do that. Well, it's easier. I think you're right. It's easier to be humble first. No, it's not easier. It's better. It's easier to to be no, lifted up first and I think then it is say things. easier to be humble first because having experienced it, having having drawn the line in the sand and said, Tell me what you understand about my motivation, then it makes me feel more obstinate and it's harder for yeah. me to say, Please forgive me later. So <laughs> Which I guess has been the experience. <laughs> it is easier to say, Please forgive me first and then drawing the line in the sand, please help me 
by telling me back what you understand my intentions to be, which is interesting. We have sought some, a couple of marriage counseling appointments from Mm -hmm. a family therapist. And what we have learned in that from the therapist, she said is start your phrase by saying, I know that you intended well. Oh yeah. That's really helpful. Which I was like, that's beautiful. But in the heat of the moment, (laughs) I'm not sure that I can remember that. I will try. I mean, a habit (laughs) takes time anyway. Yeah. And I guess that's true. Obviously all those conversations are easier to have without like the heat of the moment, have preemptive conversations, mm-hmm. which is the pillar of your marriage and our parenting style formative is to have formative conversation. conversations. And then that way in the moment, you're not like trying to just do the right thing because you never will because you're in the moment. Yeah. Because I guess the best of things, it could just continue with the example of dad might be to, like for you to have had enough formative conversations mm-hmm. for in the moment to you be able to say forgiveness and for them, him to know, to come back with an affirmative statement toward you. Yes, I forgive you. I recognize that your intentions were good. If you didn't have to ask for it, like that would be, I mean, eventually. Yeah, that's beautiful. If that's automatic. Part part of what we have dealt with a lot in our marriage in particular, because your dad is such a good communicator and persuasive mm. person. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that he has been cou- counseled and coached from a therapist to do is to not incorporate my ideas into what he wants because he's so good at that. The whole concept of incorporating. So he'll act like he's listening to me and then he'll just spin it to make but it ends up still what, getting what he wants. He, get, wait, you just get enough of wants. what you want. To be and like, yeah, I I'll feel, be part of this. And what happens is I feel enough heard, but I'm I'm laissez-faire enough about my own opinion that I don't make it I don't stand on it. Mm-hmm. So for the, for us, and this is real life, real life is always constantly fluid and negotiating and changing and Yeah, they're all compromises. I guess the question is just like does the same person compromise every time? Well, and we've had to work through that. And so now this fall, what you've seen is a lot more of me not compromising. Whereas in the past, Mm -hmm. you probably didn't notice it because it it. sounded like dad was compromising when he wasn't at all. He was just listening to what I said and incorporating it into what he wanted to do. So interesting. (laughs) So, yeah. So it's like it's there's been more friction as I've learned to get a bigger voice. And that happens as a person becomes healthy and they start to exert themselves in their own health then the other person that has has lived with an unhealthy person for long, so long that has done the lion's share of the t- carrying of the load of communication or work or whatever it is mm-hmm. is like wait a second part of my role is changing and it's it's all it has a lot to do with what role you're playing in the family system which you've talked to me before about yeah yeah so the family system so as the the husband wife the partner system has changed a little bit as i've gotten healthier and understood my voice and it's gotten extreme yes which is what you've seen where i need to say please forgive me <laughs> my voice has gotten extreme and obstinate and rude <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm gonna go back to being gracious and say i know you intended well I need a little validation that you have heard my heart and what my intentions were. Yes, please forgive me. Right, right, right. I didn't expect it to go down the marriage route. Thank you for being open to just that <laughs> happening. That is I th- a sidebar to this part of our relationship as mom and daughter. Mm-hmm. As I become an adult is that, that, I, that I do see your marriage as my parents in a different light. And there's like a lot of opening my eyes to our family system and like different relationships and how things work that I start to have opinions about 
as an adult that I didn't as a kid. And so different questions come up there. Well, and you're starting to form your opinions about how you're, you want your marriage and your partner and your right, I guess. family yeah, system eventually. to look like ultimately in the down the road and synthesizing what you see I know. in front of us. <laughs> yeah. And then again, yeah, having to like rewrite the story of what I, my perceptions from when I was eight. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is good. Thank you for talking about forgiveness for me. Thanks for with being... me. For me. No, 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 no. <laughs> with me. Thanks for talking about forgiveness with me. Yeah. Thanks for teaching it to me in the first place. Well, and ultimately, our marriage is going to be the model. And a secure marriage is what gives children the most security in the family, is seeing their parents in a secure marriage because they can rest in that. And so, a secure marriage is not one without fights and mistakes it's a lot of circling back and a lot of saying will you please forgive me <laughs> and that's that is the gift that you have given me you and dad thank you so i'm so glad we we continue to pursue that every day yeah thank you for listening to hi mom let's talk if you liked hanging out with us please rate and review us on itunes we'd love to hear your feedback and your support you can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>